The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate love with Reverend Randy Ficke. Thank you for being here, Randy. Oh, no worries. I, I really enjoy it. That's wonderful. I know I'm all, I'm all. if you're watching on YouTube, I'm completely flushed. I just totally had a case of the giggles. But, <laughs> you you know, you're a hard person to nail down. You're busier, busier than all get out. Well, you know, sometimes um, <laughs> I, try, I try to keep myself busy, but, you know, self-care is important, so... That is totally important. So Reverend Randy is the head of Unity Southeast, which is here in Kansas City, Missouri. And I know we have listeners all over the world, and there are Unities all over the world. Yes. And Unity Radio, which is a great source, and Unity Magazine. So, um, of course, Unity Southeast is just one of the many Unity churches here in the Kansas City area, which is where Unity started. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to talk to you today about... Wait, the amazing things you're doing with the church. You guys are just in so many different areas, so many different venues, advertising, spreading your word. You said you had like thousands of viewers on Vimeo. We are um, really growing the church, not only in person, but online. Um, We are really reaching out across the United States, but also I'm real excited to see posts and comments from France and Belgium and Brazil. Wow. So I love the fact that our message is truly worldwide. It really is worldwide. And, you know, did you always want to be a minister when you were growing up? You know, I had no idea (laughs) I was going to be a minister. And if someone probably would have told me, even four years ago, you will be leading a church, I would have said, yeah, right, not me. You know, I'm I'm the guy that loved to be in Vegas and loved to travel and loved to, yeah. And, you know, um, I always say that I did not find unity. Unity found me. Really? Okay. Well, tell me about that. How did Unity find you? Um, Well, I had been attending Unity of Overland Park, which is a church here in Kansas City, um, for about 10 years on and off. I love the message of Unity. Um, However, I don't think I was ever fully committed to it. So um, I would attend maybe once a month or twice a month. And if there was something better to do, I would probably do that something better. Um, But on some Sundays, you know, when there was nothing else going on, I would go attend Unity. I love their spiritual principles. I love um, the 12 powers, which are two very important components in the Unity movement. So 
Yeah, very important. And so how did you even discover Unity? Did you have a friend that went there? Um, I actually had my sister in 1995 got married by Mary Omwake. I remember in her. Unity, and I attended her wedding. And I remember listening to the marriage vows and the officiant at that wedding and just going, wow. This resonates with me. Right, exactly. I know, yeah, on my spiritual journey, um, you know, my family had tried so hard to get me to be Christian mm-hmm. and um, grandparents and everything, and it just didn't make sense. But then I found unity and it made mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And I grew up par- partly at the Overland Park Unity. Excellent. Yes, and then partly at All Souls Unitarian. Okay. Right, so Unitarian Unity, not the same, but yeah. kind of. Uh, kind of vaguely similar. And so Unity kind of clicked for you. Yes, it definitely did. It definitely clicked for me. And so if I was going to church, I was going to Unity of Overland Park. So. Right, exactly. When I Full disclosure, I go to Unity on the plaza, Unity Temple. Um, so all of the Unity churches, they're affiliated, but there's a lot of freedom with each yes, church. Yes, I always tell people, if you've gone to one Unity, you've only gone to one Unity, because each and every single one of them is a different feel, a different um, essence. Yeah. Um, we do have a oneness message. But we are all uniquely different. Very uniquely different. Yes. yes, I've not been able to attend one of your one of your uh, lessons yet. I hope to because I've, I'm working with the kids every Sunday at on the plaza. But um, I would love to see what you what you bring to it. And I've seen you speak before. You're really dynamic. Well, thank you. Well, let's let's back up a little bit. Where when did you feel the calling to start your ministerial path? Um, in November of 2015, I remember waking up on um, Black Friday, and I was scouring the internet for the best deal on a big screen television. And I couldn't decide between whether I needed a 55-inch or a 65-inch or a 70-inch <laughs> at the time, and um, finally found one that I thought I was going to be happy with at Best Buy. Oh, yeah. And got in the car and began my drive there, and I realized... Um, that I was probably going to be standing in line a long time. I realized I was probably going to be waiting with a crowd. So I figured I better put some food in my stomach. So I stopped by the Panera on State Line in 103rd. No, right where it is. And as I was pulling in, I saw a young lady with two children. Oh, wow. And it was raining out. It was cold out. And the kids weren't wearing coats. And I, in all honesty, I thought to myself, what type of mother would be standing outside with her children in this weather without coats on and my initial thought was shame on her and then I realized in that split second what kind of mother would do that and I realized that nobody would probably do that by choice so I stopped and spoke with her and needless to say that day I did not buy a big screen television Um, but I did go shopping with a mother and two children and made sure that they had coats blankets socks found out that they were living in their car and so made some adjustments and um, I didn't get a big, t- I didn't get a bigger television, but I got a bigger picture of what's going on in life, and that was the moment that it clicked for me that wow. we are all placed here to do something bigger. Yeah. And so that was just the beginning of the journey to start diving deep within my spiritual connection and what I am truly being called to do. That's amazing. So that is a very powerful story, and. It seems like things just kind of click, click, clicked for you. They did. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't at that point that I realized I was going to go into ministry, um, okay. but it was the first 
glimpse of yeah. the fact that there was I was the executive at an ad agency I owned in prestige media marketing for a long time oh, and okay. um, that was the first glimpse that something bigger was calling me and then um, I don't know what it is about November's but the following year in November in 2016 yeah. I um, happened to be driving down State Line Road yeah. and noticed a fleet of police cars Overland Park, Lenexa, Prairie Village, and Kansas City um, swarming at Geyser Park, which is around 76th and State Line. Mm -hmm. And I happened to pull over because I was nosy and ask what's going on. And I had a gentleman, um, and I'll clean up the language, but he <laughs> said you. they're about to kill a, and use an expletive word that we use for our African-American community oh, in no. the park. And the some police were? Um, that's that was the discussion that this gentleman had. That was right. his take on it. That they're going to kill another right. in the park, uh. and something within me said, "No, they're not." And so I pulled into the hen house, high V, right there, and ran into the park. And before I knew it, I was in a center of police guns, speaking with the gentleman that they were, and they were screaming to him, "Get on the ground!" And he was saying, "I'm not moving. You're just looking for a reason to shoot me." And it oh was almost God. as if I was invisible because nobody was telling me to get back. The rest of the crowd was being pushed back. The officers were very secure with the area, but I was able to walk amongst the tension. Wow. And I remember screaming out, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want? And the young man that was standing in the center of this circle said, I just wish somebody would pray for me. And... I was called to pray, and so I went into deep prayer, out loud prayer, and people on the sidelines that were watching began to chime in. One woman started to sing a gospel song, and oh as this was occurring, the police were just watching, and I think that they finally had a glimpse that maybe guns weren't the answer in that situation. Randy, and the young wow. gentleman surrendered, got to the ground, put his hands behind his back, um, wow. and nobody died that day. Yeah. And I realized then the power of prayer, the power of holding space, the power of silence, the power of being present. And so it was on that day as I drove away that I committed that I would work on not only changing my life through prayer and silence, but that I would go out and change the world as we know it. And that's been my goal. I would say I'm on my way, but there's so much more work to do. Wow, that is remarkable. So you really felt this true calling. I mean, you were touched. You were, I mean, you tapped on the shoulder by God. Yes. I mean, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yes, that's remarkable. Um, so you didn't start immediately going to ministerial school. Um, I, um, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I actually had been taking some spiritual enrichment classes at Unity Village. And I had a teacher by the name of Reverend Gloria Holt mm -hmm. who um, really made an impact on me and really introduced me again to the Bible for the first time. I grew up Catholic, and so the Bible was present and used on a daily basis in my home growing up. But I had lost interest in the Bible because I mm -hmm. felt it was used to persecute way too many people. And I realized it wasn't the Bible but it was the interpretation of the Bible by specific individuals in society right. that were doing the damage, not the book itself. Wow. And so 
Um, went to visit her at Unity Southeast, which I did not know existed up until meeting her. Yeah, I had, I had no been idea. in Unity for almost 15 years and never knew that we had a Unity Southeast in Kansas City. Yeah, I went and visited her on a, believe it or not, a, a weekend in November. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she had said to me, well, you've been in Unity a while. Would you mind doing the meditation? And I said, sure. Because, Fair enough. You know, I can do that. Right. And I went onto the platform, and I kid you not, I began to speak. I can't tell you what I said. I can't tell you how I said it. I can't tell you um, how the message came to me, nor how it was received. But there was a shift when I was standing on that platform, and I knew that my role would be standing on a platform, not just bringing people into the church, but actually facilitating spiritual growth from the platform did not know it would be that church until the following week when they called me and said, Reverend Glow is ill. Would you be willing to come in and do a message? And I said, I'm not a minister. I have no theological training. Um, but I'd be willing to come in as a guest speaker and speak about love. And Wow. They said, well, I think that would fit. And I said, I know it would fit because for me, God is love. And yes. so... I will be coming and speaking of love, but they will hear the message as if I'm speaking of God. Because for me, it's one and the same. Yes. I went and did that service, and that was in November. And by, Febru by February of the following year, I was offered the associate minister position. Without a theological without degree. Without any theological degree, and was told by Unity Worldwide that I would have to be actively pursuing my education. And so therefore, got into the ministerial program and um, wow. in June of that year became the spiritual leader of Unity Southeast. Reverend Gloria Holt stepped down yeah. um, and continued to mentor me, though. And uh, it's been two, a little over two years. I started July of 2017 as a spiritual leader. We have grown the church. We've quadrupled the size of the church in wow. two years. And um, we have a wide following online. Oh, yes. It's huge. I yeah. mean, you're everywhere. You're, your messages are consistently strong, mm -hmm. consistently engaging. Um, the church engages in a lot of social justice. Yes. And that's yeah. am amazing. A lot of community-building events as well. Yes. We have really, um, I always say about our church, we are spiritually progressive. We are socially responsive. Yes. And we are radically inclusive. And I think if I'm going to stand on a platform and say we are all one and say there's only one presence and one power, then I can't create a duality by saying one group is better than another group or one group is elevated over another group. And so we've That's done everything right. from being involved and taking over the Kansas City Women's March to holding rallies for No Muslim Ban, to holding rallies for Free the Children at the Border. Um, wow. we, I always say, and people have accused me of being political, and I say my goal is not to be political, but my goal is to stand for all. Oh, wow. And so um, sometimes that looks political. It does, and that's kind of a sad statement, but... I believe that Jesus was political. Yes. He was standing up to the powers that that were at his time and mm -hmm. saying some really radically mm -hmm. challenging things mm -hmm. for the time. Um, and isn't it amazing that more than 2,000 years later, it's 
this message of love is still seen as radical. Yes. This message of inclusion is still seen as political. Mm-hmm. But it's really the basic, most basic teachings. Yes. Love your neighbor. And that doesn't mean just some of your neighbors. Right. It doesn't mean the neighbors <laughs> that live in your neighborhood. It doesn't mean the neighbors that look like you. It yeah. doesn't mean the neighbors that believe like you. It means love all of your neighbors. Love all of your neighbors as you love yourself. And so I've come to believe that when we start to hate or we start to persecute others, it's really a deep-seated hate for ourselves and a persecution of ourselves. Oh, now that's a very interesting way to look at it. And I bet most people would resist that message at first, but then look at it and then come to realize that, yeah, there's probably something there that... um, in themselves that allows them to hate. Oh, that's a very interesting way to look at it. Um, And you've really taken this message and just, like you said, grown your grown your church exponential exponentially and I should say this was a this is a tiny little church yes Um, in 2016 our average attendance was 16 per Sunday Wow and in 2019 our average attendance ranges between 75 and 85 on any given weekend and we've had some services where we have actually been at capacity we have 132 seats we've had some services where we have standing room only Yes. Well, you told me something a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago that I thought was really interesting about how you, um, it was something about the parking and then you didn't do anything to adjust it so that people could get there yes. at a time. Yes. Yes. Um, it is an interesting thing. We, um, we will arrive early to parties. We will stay late and dance all night. However, when it comes to church, what I've noticed is people want to get there either right on time or 10 minutes late. Yeah. And within 45 minutes to 50 minutes, they're watching their watch to see how much longer that they have. And so yeah. um, we, because we are growing at such a rapid rate, the most beautiful thing is people are now being encouraged and really being forced to arrive early because if they don't, there's no place to park. And so we have graciously been given um, parking by the church that is directly next door to us to use their parking lot. We are currently parking on both sides of Meyer Boulevard, which um, the city of Kansas City may not love. Um, However, we've done the research and found out because it's a boulevard and because it's Sunday, we have the right to park there. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, but that's a, that's that's a great testament that yeah. uh, you know people want to be there early yeah. so they can get a seat so they don't have to yeah. stand. And I know at our church we often have a lot of latecomers as well. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to sleep a little bit late, and uh, I know you guys start a little later than some of the other churches yes. in town. Yeah, we start at eleven a.m. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the other churches have early services at nine or even ten thirty, and um, we just made the conscious decision to um, allow people to, to to sleep in and and be able to ease their way into church on Sunday morning, especially because we are really going after mm-hmm. the younger crowd. And what we have found is when you look at the 18 to 34-year-old spectrum, most of those individuals are either working late or partying late. And so we want to give them every opportunity to be able to come in on Sunday morning and be spiritually lifted. I love that. And do you get a lot of engagement from the congregation? We do. Um, I always say to people, um, I really look at Sunday morning as an experience rather than a sermon because it is not just one way. We 
um, it's a dialogue on Sunday morning, and mm-hmm. we really do um, dive deep, and the congregants are active participants in the service. What most people um, are unaware of is the most of the services are completely organic. We have um, guest musicians who come in every Sunday, mm-hmm. and my service is not decided until Saturday when the musicians send the music and what happens is the musicians dictate the message whatever songs they send that's the message for Sunday morning and um, there is no guidebook to the songs we've had everything from leaning in the everlasting arms of God to God smack and Metallica to Blink 182 to Marvin Gaye and Sam Cooke Nice. Um, so whatever music comes in, yeah. it becomes the inspiration for Sunday morning. And then also, who shows up on Sunday morning becomes the inspiration. Because there's a lot of questioning on Sunday morning as to what are you feeling? What are you going through? What's on your mind? Um, what needs to be addressed today? So with the issue with the recent gun violence, you know, the last couple of weeks we've had services or experiences on Sunday that have really surrounded the gun violence in our mm-hmm. city and also around the country and around the world. And so um, it's interesting how it always comes together. I encourage people if they want to wow. see um, poetry in motion to watch our live streams because um, you never know what's going to happen. And most of the time, the plans are thrown out the window so that we can be present and we can be actively engaged with who we are in that moment rather, who, rather than who mm-hmm. we plan to be. I love that. So there's kind of an improvisational aspect. Yes. Well, there's a real aspect to it. There is, yeah. I think sometimes we pre-plan and sometimes we over-plan, and therefore we miss out on life. That's a good point. Right. You could plan a a sermon for for weeks, and then some major event happens, and you feel the need to respond to it. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, best laid plans, I think, is the the phrase. You know, best laid plans often go to waste. Um, so that's a wonderful way to approach it. A little bit, um, you know, a little bit of pressure there. I'm sure. Um, you know, I think it actually is less pressure. How so? Um, because I think that what I have seen, and some of the reasons um, I have distanced myself from church as I was growing up with, is I felt like the message was more about the minister. I felt the oh. message was more about what um, I was being taught or being indoctrinated to believe. Yeah. Whereas if we are present. We can't make mistakes because it's not like we didn't get to the lesson plan or it's not like we didn't cover all the bullet points. We covered what needed to be covered. And in that moment, it will always be perfect. Sometimes it will be a perfect mess. Sometimes it will be a perfect disaster. But it will be perfect as it was meant to be on that moment for that group of people on that particular day. I love that. I love that. It's just like you, you can't mess up being present. Yeah. I mean, that's wonderful. And what what's great about unity is that it does allow for that. I, yeah. I just love the unity principles, the unity teachings. There's the 12 powers, which you talked about. Yeah. So the 12 different powers that we get from God, including will and faith, imagination. I know I always mess these up. I'm not going to try to name them all. Yeah. <laughs> But so many great powers that um, are aspects of the human condition, and yes. I love that. And the five basic unity principles about you know how affirmative prayer works, how our thoughts and feelings, our beliefs, create the world around us, and yes. how we respond to it, how what we do makes a difference. 
you know, when we embrace these principles, I just mm-hmm. feel like life goes so much better. And, um, you know, I don't think that all religions maybe specify them, but they're all, I think they're, they're all there in essence in these different doctrines. So um, let me just ask you this. You kind of stumbled into unity and you dabbled in Catholicism or yeah. were brought up in Catholicism, yeah. but there are so many other avenues. What is it about unity that kind of sparks you? Well, I think that, um, and I appreciate the fact that you say there's so many other avenues, and I think that Uh is what sparks me about unity. Unity never started off to be a religion. It was a movement. It was a set of spiritual teachings, spiritual principles that people overlaid on their current religious or non-religious belief systems in order Mm -hmm. to improve their lives. Right. And so... Um, that's what I love about unity because I can look at my congregation and we have people of all ages. We have people of all different religious belief systems. I think it's beautiful that I can stand on a platform. Mm -hmm. We have a group of individuals who come in every Sunday that, I mean, would typically identify as Hindu. We have a group of individuals that would typically identify as atheist. And so when they come in, I am clear to use the word God, because at Unity and at Unity Southeast, that is the name that we give to the one presence and one power. But I'm also clear to clarify each time I use the word God, I also Mm -hmm. use the word divine or spirit or Mm -hmm. love or power or that thing that moves and stirs within you. Because then each and every individual can come up with their own belief system on what good is, what God is, what love is, what life is, and um, you know, it takes the sting out of it, because I think for so many groups of people, mm-hmm. the idea of God has been limiting and has been um, placing them in bondage and has persecuted them, and I had mentioned earlier um, that I don't think it is the essence, the, princi- the principle, or the presence of God that has done that. I think it's the interpretation and the limited viewpoints by certain segments of our population that has caused that persecution and that yeah. bondage. And it's time for us to free people and let them know that God is limitless, not limiting. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I've known so many people who just... I kind of feel like God has gotten a bad rap because mm-hmm. you know so many people have been damaged by the traditions that they grew up in, mm-hmm. and especially people who may be feeling marginalized mm-hmm. and marginalized because of the religious doctrines. But that's not really what God is about, is it? it, it it's not at all. You know, I I say to people when they ask me about Unity Southeast, I say we're a progressive Christian community. What I <laughs> What I love about Unity Southeast is that we are a sanctuary for those who have lost their way in traditional Christianity or in traditional religion, but haven't lost their faith and haven't lost their understanding of the spiritual principle or the spiritual being that they are. And so they can come to us, and as a sanctuary, we are a safe space. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. 
Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I feel like my unity is also a safe space like that. And I love when churches offer that, or any organization. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a church. But uh, places where we can go and feel safe yes. and believe what we believe and love who we love live how we want to live as long as we're not harming others right. right you know so i love that you've created that at your church and do you have any any plans for unity southeast any plans to to grow or well i mean i think we will just um naturally continue to grow i mean as people realize that there is a place here in the heart of kansas city that they can show up and not only be part of a spiritual community but they get to create the spiritual community in which mm -hmm. we attend i always call unity southeast a community of love we end every service by standing and saying show me what community looks like and the congregation screams back this is what community looks like and we will do that sometimes i mean there have been services where we've done it 30 times wow. just because of the fact there'll be one or two people that just haven't embraced it yet and I think it is miraculous that at some point during that chant everyone can feel the presence and the mm -hmm. power in the room mm -hmm. and I can't think of a better way to end a community service with this is what community looks like and then to actually look at the community as we create a sacred circle every service ends in a sacred circle where we're all holding hands and we're all looking at one another and you can see people of different races, different ethnic backgrounds, different sexual identities, different gender identities, people who believe differently, people who love differently, people who feel differently. The other thing is whenever we have a new speaker, um, when they enter the platform, the first thing they do is they identify their, pro their pronouns. When I come on the stage, I say, you know, good morning and welcome to Unity Southeast. I'm Reverend Randy Ficke. He, him, his are my pronouns because I think we've made such great strides as a community to really embrace people right. as they are, where they are, how they are. Mm -hmm. And I don't want there to be any confusion and I don't want to be guessing about someone else's truth when they can simply just tell me and I can simply lean into it. And isn't it just amazing that that seems so radical? It does seem radical, right. you know, and um, the beautiful thing is that many things have seemed radical. I mean, when the Declaration of Independence was written right. in this country, you know, we the people, you know, of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union. And so I think those words still resonate yeah. today. And I think that each and every moment that we are surrounded, they say in most religious backgrounds where two or more are gathered, I am there. Right. And so when we are at Unity Southeast of Kansas City, it's we the people of Unity Southeast in Kansas City in order to form a more perfect union are willing to be comfortably wow. afflicted. 
so that we can grow and be what we need to be. I mean, these are tenets that we hold dear that I haven't found in any other spiritual church or spiritual gathering, but they're important to our community. And they may not be as important to other communities, but I know it's what we need at this moment, at this time, to move the world forward. And yes, one person, one idea, one concept, one action can create a ripple effect that will create a tidal wave in the world. And if you second guess that or if you question that, then it's going to be impossible for you to be that. Wow, that, that is really deep. Have you always lived your life in this way? Um, no. Wow. Um, um, I have um, been at every end of the spectrum in my life. Yeah. You know, there were there was a, a large period of my life where I was very selfish, very narcissistic, very it's all about me. But wow. that did not serve me well. And I believe yeah. that each and every single one of us is evolving. You know, Jesus' last name was not Christ. You know, <laughs> the Christ is the indwelling presence within you. And Jesus became the Christ yeah. when he realized his indwelling Christ nature. And I think that each and every individual has an opportunity to become Randy Christ or Christy Christ <laughs> or wh- whoever is watching today. Right. They can also adopt that indwelling Christ. Right. And so I am very grateful for who I once was right. because it makes me so much more embracing and so much more grateful for who I am today because I've placed this spiritual knowing in mm-hmm. my heart. Right. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't be who you are now if you weren't who you were then. Every single thing that's happened to me in my life has led me here, and I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be. Right. Have you ever read the book A Prayer for Owen Meany? Um, I have read that book. Um, I love that book because every single thing in that book seems so random. You think, how does this ever come together? And then in this one defining moment, every single thing comes together in Owen's life and shows his his purpose. And it's beautiful and it's perfect. And I kind of feel like my life has been Mm. like that. It's like all these random things, how do they come together? But that somehow does. And it sounds a little bit like your story as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's, that's the heart of it, is realizing your purpose, but also realizing that your life works at the speed of purpose. Mm. Some of us want it mm-hmm. to work at the speed of light, and we want things instantaneously, or the speed of sound, and we want to just hear what we want to hear when we want to hear it. But what right. we need to understand is that everything, including the speed in which it comes to you, is the speed of your purpose. And to rush it does you no good. It only causes you misery and pain. And so if you're trying to avoid fear, avoid pain, avoid anger, then I invite you to simply settle into what is Mm -hmm. and realize that there is no good and bad. There is just the isness of the moment. And finding the good in the isness Mm -hmm. is really the valuable Thing. Reverend Gloria Holt, I've got to pay homage to her. She used to always say, in every single day you're given a peanut. Most mm. people focus on the shell. They don't break it open to find the nugget of truth or the spiritual mm. food that's inside. Because there is a spiritual truth in everything, yes. everything that we encounter, whether it's good or bad. I mean, we do have to find that, just embrace the blessing. I was at a funeral one time for a neighbor uh, that was... Um, 
the funeral was directed by Reverend Cleaver. You know mm-hmm. him? He's our, our congressman, in fact, in Kansas City. And he he just said, in everything that happens, you look at this tragic death to someone very young, and we have to just say, what is the blessing? God, give me the blessing in this. Mm-hmm. And there is, But there is a blessing in everything if we choose to look at it that way. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to live life. Yes. Yes. And I'm really happy that I get to share that with the children at Unity Temple. I do the lessons. I write the lessons and and, uh, teach Sunday school. And even with my own child, I think Mm. it's really important for kids to grow up with this concept. I wish I had. Oh, my goodness. Right? Yes. Or would that be taking too much of a shortcut? Well, I I I don't think anything is a shortcut. I think... Once again, everything just simply is. And I think that what we are doing is we're evolving as a world. It gets really easy to flip on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and look at the drudgery or look at the error thinking that is surrounding us or what others would call evil or sin. Mm -hmm. But I think that as a world we are evolving. And I think that today we have so many more people who are enlightened and aware of their spiritual goodness. And I think it's our duty and our responsibility to pass that along to our children. They shouldn't have to go through the learning curve when the learning is there. You know? (laughs) Right. And they may still need the learning curve, and it may be their individual journey. But I think that we walk alongside them. We don't push them. We don't pull them, we don't guide them, but we walk alongside them. And I think part of walking alongside someone is to impart the knowledge that you know so that they can make a more educated and more spiritual decision than you may have made at that same point of your walk. No, absolutely. And and I think there is no shame in letting your children know that there are struggles in life, and I let my my daughter know when, hey, mom is mom is having a bad day. I'm struggling a little bit, mm-hmm. but this is how I'm dealing with it. And you are safe and you are loved, but this is this is what I'm going through and how I'm dealing with it. And being able to talk to her in terms of, I know that God is always there. I know that there is a bigger purpose at work here. Um, just letting her know that things are going to be okay. This is just a moment. Yeah, you've made it through 100% of your days, and you'll make it through this one too. Absolutely, but I think it is important for children to see that everything's not all just rainbows and sunshine. Yes. And because everything is not just rainbows and sunshine. Exactly, but even mm-hmm. in the rainbows, there is a blessing, or in the sun, you know, even in the storms, there's a blessing, even in the bad days that mm-hmm. um, you get through it and you learn a lot, you come yeah. through it, you know? Absolutely. Unity principles are great for that. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you came to Unity. I'm glad I came to Unity because I have just been so blessed to be with so many like minded individuals. But also been blessed to be with so many people who are on their own spiritual path that are willing to say, Randy, open up and think about it this way. And I think that part of our journey is to never arrive. I think we should always be on our path to our destination. And I think that so many of us, including me, many different times in my life have felt like I've arrived into who I'm supposed to be. And I think the minute we feel like we've arrived, we've really not done ourselves justice because we should always be on the journey 
mm-hmm. and the journey should always be to someplace more beautiful and more better and we should continue to buy tickets for friends and family to join us to our destination. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, right, because what's the point of being there if you're missing people right. that you're with, yeah. right? Absolutely. But they're on their own path too, and that's yeah. it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Absolutely. And so um, you've been doing a lot, like we said, to build community at Unity Southeast. What do you think it takes to build that community? Um I think it takes the um, idea of being open and affirming to all people to the next level. I think that many churches and spiritual communities say we're inclusive. And what they mean by inclusive is anyone can walk through our doors as long as they're willing to adopt our belief system. Anyone can walk through our doors as long as they're willing to do it the way that we do it. Right. You know, whereas... I think Unity Southeast has a special take on it in the fact that we not only want you to walk in our doors, Mm -hmm. we want you to help us design what the space looks like. We want Mm. you to be able to not just have a seat at the table, but to help us create a larger table so that not only do you have a seat, it's a seat that's uniquely yours and built by you for you. And then take it one step further and not just say, come in and eat, but come in and help us plan the menu. And when I speak of eating, I'm not talking about physical food. I'm talking about spiritual food. Mm -hmm. So each and every week, we change profoundly as a spiritual community. Interesting. We don't hold on to who we were, and we don't hold on to who we might be. We hold on to who we are. And on any given Sunday, we look, feel, interact, pray, and connect as we need to on that very day Mm -hmm. with that group of people because that's what matters. I think so many spiritual communities are really trying to make the congregants fit them rather than fitting the congregants. Oh, interesting. That takes a a pretty open mind to do that. Yes, it It does. And it takes the ability to know that we're not perfect in our humanness and our, you know, Unity has this phrase that, you know, we are all divine and that thoughts held in mind produce of their kind. And um, I agree with that. In our spiritual essence, in our spiritual beingness, we are that. But in our human existence and in our everyday struggle, we will fall. We will get back up. We will make mistakes. We will wish we did something different. We will hope that the next time we encounter something, we're able to approach it from a new avenue. And that's okay. As long as we understand the fact that underneath it all, our spiritual beingness is what overrides our human existence. I always say from the platform, and I stole it from someone else, that we are not human beings having a spiritual existence. We are spiritual beings having a human one. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is such a powerful statement. Right. I believe we come here to learn that the earth is a wonderful school where mm-hmm. we see all of the spiritual principles in the flesh, in the physical, but slowed way down so we can study it. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, all of the spiritual principles here are the same that we have, you know, outside of this planet, but mm-hmm. we just get to really live it and, and breathe it and study it. So it's a wonderful school. And speaking of which, what do you think has been your your biggest learning 
from this journey? I think the biggest learning from this journey is that most things aren't black and white. Mm. There's gray area in it all. Yeah. And it's one thing to know what you know, mm -hmm. but the biggest blessing is to accept that there are things that you don't know and to be okay with it, mm -hmm. but then to be on the journey of learning more about it. Um, we hold many different events at Unity Southeast, and we are intentional about the events. And we bring in groups of people that most other spiritual centers or spiritual communities might tend to avoid. Like what? But we do that with the sole purpose of building a bridge so that we can better understand one another. Because what I have found is in all of our differences, there are distinct commonalities. And when we respect the differences but embrace the commonalities, we grow as a spiritual community and we grow as individuals, each and every one of us. Right, right. And so what type of uh, events do you bring in that, bu that build this bridge? Um, we just recently, and we were speaking earlier about the gun violence that took place across mm. the country, but we also had... Um, several shootings here in Kansas City. And so I actively pursued individuals who had a varying belief system, a varying understanding of gun violence, gun control, um, the Second Amendment, and brought them all into one room. And we set some ground rules at the beginning and said, we will not make it political. We will not talk about what we think. We will not talk about what we believe. We will talk about what we know and what holds true for us. And to watch wow. individuals um, have a um, banter that moved us all towards a center, wow. but not to the center, was very powerful. Right. And um, we wow. do things that, you know, we do every month we have, um, besides having Sunday services, we also... Um, intentionally set up a spiritual think tank or a um, spiritual aquarium that mm -hmm. we invite people into. So on Wednesdays of every week, we have an event. Um, this evening, we will be having Spirit in the Living Room, where we'll be having mm -hmm. Stephanie Barton, which mm -hmm. is a well-known medium and intuitive in Kansas City, yes. come in and talk about past life and future life. Yes. Because in unity, we believe that there is one power and one presence, and we believe in oneness. So in essence, there is no past, there is no future, there's only this moment. Mm -hmm. So whoever we were or whoever we will be, we are already in this moment. Absolutely. And so for her to come in and speak about that and to connect that to... You are the same person that the person that you have a completely different belief system is. Mm -hmm. At our core, our individuality is the same. Oh, yes. The personality and the flesh suit that we lay over it and the beingness that we um, incorporate in this lifestyle may be different. Mm -hmm. But at our core, mm -hmm. we are all that one presence and that one power. And there is no separation between you and me. No, absolutely. There is no separation between me and someone who believes the complete opposite end of the spectrum is me. Individually, at our core, we're the same. 
we are all the same and we are all connected. Yes. And then the other Wednesdays of the month, we have um, the first Wednesday of the month is authentic relating where there's no small talk. Um, it mm. is probably the um, most gut-wrenching, painful, anger-ensuing event that we do every month. Sounds but fun. it always ends in love and respect and understanding. The second Wednesdays are dedicated to cosmic mass, cosmic dance, in something that we call I Am Bliss Dance, which is once you enter yeah. the doors, you're not allowed to speak. The only speaking, only words that you can have is once you go outside. So if you have something to say, you have to step out of the sanctuary and outside the church to have dialogue with friends, family. It's a sacred space where no one speaks. Only music and vibration dictates what goes on for those hour and a half. That sounds like fun. And then the last event that we have is healing in the living room. and. Um, yes. We bring in healing practitioners, whether that's Reiki or flow or healing touch or tap or um, a variance of modalities. I've actually learned two or three new modalities existed that I didn't know before. But the last time we did the event, we had 18 healers that came and dedicated wow. their time. And um, we had 64 individuals from our greater community who came in to have free healing sessions over a two-and-a-half-hour period. That's so, wonderful. Um, those are things that we're doing to allow people to know. I think churches and spiritual centers have spent way too long taking from people and not giving back. And that's not the church that we choose to be or the spiritual center we choose to be. Right. Well, and you're having quite a bit of success at it as yeah. well. Yeah. Reaching people, connecting yeah. with people, growing right. that community and making them feel home. And yes. that's a that's a wonderful thing. You just seem to be growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah. On any given Sunday, we have 75 or 100 individuals who don't attend our church that stop there on their way to their church to be able to pick up the affirmation for the day the program for the day and we also let them leave with a bag of groceries or a bag of household goods every week we give away shampoo conditioner soap cleaning products um laundry detergent um and you know there are so many people in our community that need a hand up and it is beautiful to watch the church of god international stop by our church and say hey we're going to pick up some pastries for our fellowship today or Green, Greenway Missionary Baptist. Hey, we're going to stop by and pick up some items for someone today. We had a, um, directly across the street from us, we have City of Truth, which is a large mm -hmm. church. Um, but we have their individuals who stop by in the morning and just um, join us for meditation. And so on any given Sunday, if we have 65 or 75 who attend service, we might have 60 who walk in before that 65 gets there. And then every Sunday... After service, we have a one-hour meal, so it's a hot meal that the community surrounding us can come in for. And so um, we have more, I always say, we have more people who come to church that don't attend church than we have people who come to church and attend. Wow, that sounds like it requires a lot of resources. We do have a lot of resources, but we know that there's always enough. There's time enough, there's strength enough, there's food enough. There's love enough for us to do what we are called to do and what must be do by, done by us. Right. And do you accept donations for um, this? We do accept donations. Um, you can go to our website, unitysoutheastinkc.org, or Facebook, Unity Southeast in Kansas City. 
we do, and I am so grateful for many of the businesses in Kansas City and many of the individuals in Kansas City who have actively donated to make sure that there's always clothes in our closets, there's always food in our pantries, and there's always that little something that everyone needs and that everyone desires on a given day of the week. Um, I love the fact that um, the board of my church, including myself, we're kind of like the ice cream man of the neighborhood. When people see our cars pulling up, they know someone is in the church, and so they stop by and they pick up that which will be refreshing in their life on that day, that which will bring them joy on that day. And um, I'm grateful to do so. And it's interesting because on the weeks that a lot is given and donated to us, the need is always there. On the weeks that things are trickling a little bit slower, I find that the need always matches up with it. And so... Isn't that interesting? You know, there's always enough. There's always enough. There's always enough. And people always say, well, how do you do so much being that you're such a small church? And I say that the size of the church doesn't match the size of the hearts that are inside of it. Right, right. You're totally blessed. Yes. I have a amazing, awe-inspiring, spiritually-filled community, and we are looking to add to it. That's wonderful. And so your your um, lessons on Sundays are at 11 a.m.? Lessons on Sunday are 11 a.m. We have meditation at 10. Oh, fantastic. Lessons at, or experience at 11, and then fellowship and food at 12 on Sundays. And then Wednesday nights, um, we have either spirit in the living room, healing in the living room, authentic relating in the living room, or I am bliss in the living room. And those events start at 7, but typically by 6.30, we close the doors because we can't let any more in. (laughs) So if you're planning on attending one of those events, I would encourage you to arrive early. Yeah. And then you can watch any of our services online. Yeah, where can people watch your services online? Um, they can watch them on our website, Unity Southeast in Kansas City.org. They can watch it on Facebook, Unity Southeast in Kansas City, on live stream, Unity Southeast in Kansas City, on Vimeo, Unity Southeast in Kansas City. Um, as well as um, if they send me an email address, there's a spot on our website that says, I want to be included. Um, if you get my email address, you can opt in, and the message is actually sent to you every week. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah. easy. It takes the guesswork out. Yes. Yeah. So every yeah. week at the end of service, you'll get an email that says, here's today's service, and it's up to you to watch it or not. What we have found is most people are opening it up, and most people are watching it. Yes. You said thousands. That's yeah. amazing. And, of course, you can. You don't have to be here in Kansas City. Many of our viewers are not. And you can still participate in the great things that your church is doing at yes. Unity Southeast. Yes. Yeah. Well, Randy, it's been a pleasure having you to talk here. I'm honored that I got you to sit down for this long. I was wondering when you sleep. Um, I, I, I get plenty of rest. Um, okay, good. You know, I do enjoy go, go, go. I do have a purpose. I do have a, a calling to fulfill. And what I have found is that there's always time enough. There's always strength enough. And it mm-hmm. will get done. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Randy. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate having, having me here and having me on the show. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. 
to learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.